Welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counselors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena. And I'm Manasa, daughter of Persephone. This week, we're talking about the last chapters, chapters 37 through 39 of The Hidden Oracle. Like this will be a shorter one. Or somehow it won't. And we'll be like, (laughs) what did we talk about? That always happens. The ones that I think are going to be long or short and vice versa because we yeah. get into the weirdest rants. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how I felt about this ending. I honestly don't either. I didn't remember it super clearly. I think like the most, the memorable parts of this book, and we'll like talk about this at the end, but to me are like the setting and the the premise of it are super memorable. And also Meg's backstory. Mm. But the ending, it like, I didn't really remember how. I was like, I know there's some battle thing. And there was. <laughs> this was very much like the things I don't like, didn't like about the Heroes of Olympus. Mm. Where mm-hmm. all of the action happens in the last five chapters. And it's That's also true. resolved mm-hmm. in the last one. Like, it was so quick. I mean, I understand maybe it seems a lot quicker because we're breaking it into chunks. Mm-hmm. And so, like, one chunk, the entire, like, battle happens. And yeah. Maybe when I, if I was sitting down reading it, it uh, all in one sitting, it would feel like, okay, yeah, and this, like, flows a lot better. Mm-hmm. Like more of a buildup. Yeah, but, like, for the, the, the thing to be such a, oh, my God, this is a colossus and it's destroying our entire camp to be resolved in one chapter was Mm -hmm. wild yeah 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 it felt like it wasn't it was a distractor from like the actual villain of like nero escaped (laughs) yeah (laughs) we don't know where he is now but we still have to have a fight giant statue whereas like for percy for like like a lightning thief there's the whole he goes down to the underworld he finds the lightning bolt. He faces off with Ares. He has to go talk to Zeus. He comes yeah. back. Luke is evil. Like, there's so much that happens over the, the course of the story. book. Honestly. Rick's, I'm like, so excited fatal, for this. His, oh, I'm so excited. I feel like his, his Achilles heel is that he wrote the perfect, like, series first. <laughs> and then everything else will be compared to it. Yeah, which is also a problem. I need to stop doing that. I need to stop. It's just so easy to compare because I walked right? in ready to compare it. So I need to stop, yeah. but I won't. So, well, to summarize what we're going to talk about for the ending of this book, we're going to take our monster down. We're going to see some of our old heroes and wrap up this fever dream of a book. Yeah. The last half really was a fever dream. It was a lot. <laughs> I think if I sat it down and like sat down one sitting, like, I'm sorry. I'm saying that I said a lot of words that meant the same thing. If I read this in one sitting, I think that I would have felt maybe differently about it. Also, maybe would the entire book would have felt more of a fever dream. I can't decide. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, like, the first time I read it, I didn't read it all in one sitting, but, like, reading it chapter by chapter without overanalyzing it, I feel like it flowed a little better. Mm. But... I also had really low expectations, like really low, because my first read of Heroes of Olympus, I did not like it that much. I liked yeah. it more my my critical analysis read. Mm-hmm. Anyways, 
So I got chapter 37 this time. Hey look, it's Percy. Least he could do was help out. Taught him everything. Oh, Apollo. Classic. Sure you did. Sure mm. you did. With your, like, one interaction with Percy and the whole first series. <laughs> and it was driving a bus. Yeah. So we left off with Percy flying in on Mrs. O'Leary to the rescue, or bounding in, whatever Mrs. O'Leary does. Apollo asks Percy to keep the Colossus from stomping all over camp while he works on enchanting an arrow. Because remember, he has an enchanted arrow, but that arrow is like, I'm enchanted for prophecy, not for plagues, so you can't use me. And so he has to enchant another arrow. It says it in the most obnoxious way, because it it only speaks speaks in like old English Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, I'm trying to ignore that part. (laughs) It's a lot. It's It's all caps, too. And I'm like, why is this arrow yelling at me? I don't (laughs) know. You're like, calm down. (laughs) So Percy begins, he just starts calling the statue ugly and insulting it, which I had a moment where I was like, I feel like we just talked about how our tactic of taking down villains would be insulting them. And I'm like, this is where we learned it. (laughs) It's Percy Percy. taught us everything we know. Yeah. It's not Apollo that taught Percy everything. It's Percy that taught us. Us, yeah. Yeah. Us personally. (laughs) Well, so Apollo begins to chant at an arrow to imbue it with with plague. When he finishes, an odious green mist surrounds the arrow. He tells Austin, because they're like in the little flying chariot thing, and he tells Austin to get him near the statue's ear, but before Austin can help, he smells the arrow and then starts like violently sneezing and falls to the floor, unconscious of the chariot. And then Kayla also falls victim to this sneeze arrow. So Apollo is like, I must drive the chariot myself. And he has a moment where he's like, I did use to do this every day of my life, but now I'm overwhelmed and my children are dead, which like he didn't, they're not dead, but like they're, they're lying on the floor, but he didn't care about that before when he drove his bus every day. But Mm -hmm. um, also his mortal body sucks. He's like, I am a stupid teenager. And they end up flying off the chariot and leaving behind Apollo's bow on there. So he just has the plague arrow. And some of the campers, like, take Kayla and Austin to go get help. I guess from Will, the one the one the Apollo left. kid left. Yeah. yeah. Percy and Chiron say that they're, they'll help Apollo while everyone else, they send, you know, all three campers left or whatever. They send them to keep the Colossus busy. And Chiron then gives Apollo his bow. Apollo claims he can't do it. He has, like, kind of a little breakdown here. He calls himself just a stupid, ugly teenager and a nobody. And Percy then is like, hey, man, you're Apollo. Tries Mm. to give him a little pep talk, but then he also is like, also, if you fail, I will throw you off the Empire State Building. So he's using multiple pep talk tactics. He's Mm. threatening Apollo and he's telling, he's trying to build him up, but then giving him a little threat just to see what works. He's parenting 101. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> no gentle parenting from Percy. No. No. no, no, no. No. They go to draw the statue towards the water, Percy and Chiron do, and Apollo is left alone to do the task. He looks up at the statue and he doesn't see Nero at all. He instead only sees himself and his own conceit. Because, I mean, it was created, like, likened to Apollo by Nero, 
But when Apollo looks at it, he sees the person or the god he was, how he was so obsessed with himself. And he's still kind of obsessed with himself, like, in this moment, but in an opposite way. Like, he's really self-deprecating obsessed with himself. Mm. But he's he's learning a little bit. So he puts the plague arrow into Chiron's bow and knocks it. He, at first, he shoots it and he's like, oh, this isn't, I'm, I've failed. This is going the wrong way. But then a gust of wind picks it up and it sails directly into the statue's ear and works. The statue then sneezes itself to death. Because this is just a sneeze arrow. <laughs> I was reading this and I have a cold right now and I felt like this was like really mean personally. <laughs> I was just like sneezing as I was reading it and I was like, do I have to read about sneezing too? I was thinking sneeze. about, so like the last week when the when Congress uh, agreed to declassify the origins of COVID, I was like, what if we just mm-hmm. read Apollo enchanting a stupid arrow and then missing? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's what COVID that's was. That's what it was. <laughs> the government was trying to protect us from yeah. knowing the truth. Yeah. The truth about the demigods, but it's yeah. really Apollo. You heard it yeah. here first. We mm. actually got first access to them rick was trying to tell us all along yeah he knew and he actually hid the truth in plain sight yeah he was trying to warn us that because this was written pre-covid he was trying to warn us um rick is the hidden oracle (laughs) shut up (laughs) rick was the oracle all along yeah yeah oh god Now, Rick, come on our podcast. <laughs> I know. The amount that we, especially this book, I feel like we didn't talk about him very much in PJO. We kind of started talking about him a little bit more in uh, yeah. Heroes of Olympus. And this one, we just like bring up every single moment. Yeah. We're like, He's Rick. really put a lot, like, I feel like he's really showing his cards. You really like, this book really feels like it was written by a dad, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, you can really see that. And Heroes of Olympus had elements where I was like, you feel, you're trying to write as a teen, but you're not. But you're a dad, yeah. But you're a dad, so, yeah. This is just Percy Jackson for dads. (laughs) This is Trials of Apollo. Um, From my notes on this, I was like, I don't know what I think about this, like, this battle ending, because on one hand, I do like that Apollo, he couldn't use his powers, and a lot of this book is him finally recognizing the amount of work that the demigods do, that normally he would be like, I'd just ask a demigod to do this quest for me, easy peasy, and now he's seeing, like, these demigods are doing so much work, and I can't do this, like, what they're doing is so much harder than what I'm doing right now. Um, but also at the same time, like, I low-key wanted him to fail (laughs) because, like, his arrow still works. He doesn't even shoot, or at least he thinks he doesn't shoot it right and uh, counts, like, it going to the right place to the gust of wind and to, like, maybe the gods are helping him is what he thinks. But I kind of wanted, like, him to fail (laughs) even more (laughs) to really drive home the point about, like, the gods being useless. Like, I know he is literally useless because he's trapped in a mortal body, but, like, what does that say about us? What is that message about us and our mortal bodies? But joke's on them because I believe I'm a demigod. <laughs> I'm actually a demigod, so. Oh, wow, that was such a spiral. It started somewhere and it's somewhere else. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I was know. like, I'm not going to interrupt. I'm going to let's see where this goes. <laughs> oh. I'm like, I'm actually a demigod. I see I'm like <laughs> sniffling and <laughs> really sleep deprived. <laughs> I'm actually better than everyone. 
Anyways, so I have mixed feelings about this particular, like, climax. It's not really, though. I think meeting Nero is the climax, but this was just thrown in to kind of follow the, the formula of, like, there needs to be a physical battle. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I thought it was funny that <laughs> Apollo at the end, he's basically, like, fighting himself. He's like, the real enemy was me all along. <laughs> Yeah, well, I I liked how you emphasize that he's still self-obsessed just in a negative yeah. way. Because that's like I, that's a really way, good way to put it. He's still a narcissist. Yeah. it's still all about him. Yeah. Like, and he like still that. has a lot of, like, growth room. Oh, but this yeah. this is, like, his first step of realizing I'm not great. But instead, he goes the opposite of, like, I'm actually the worst. Yeah. Like, it's still about me. <laughs> still fishing for compliments. Yeah. Yes. Fishing. You would think he was... Poseidon. No, <laughs> Leave it. <laughs> Drop it. <laughs> Drop it. <laughs> um, oh, I also really loved at the end of the chapter, uh, he says, like, while the while the statue is sneezing itself to death and, like, sneezes its head off, um, he says that Percy yelped a curse that would have made any Phoenician sailor proud. And I was like, what did he say? Because sailor <laughs> swears are different, aren't they? Are they? I don't know. I might just be thinking of Spongebob. He just has, like, said cunt really loud. <laughs> Paula's like, my man. <laughs> I want to know, like, what... swears. Example. Like, do they just swear a lot? Or do they, like... The salty history of sailing. I just like, saw that. Swailing, swearing. Like a sailor. I don't really want to read all of this. <laughs> I think it was just like the way they they swore a lot. Oh, damn was a serious swear word according to this article back in the day. Yeah, I'm looking at this. This is a really long article. Yeah, I don't really. I just wanted like a fun list of like sales that sales. Why do I get (laughs) swears that sailors say Um, on Reddit? What kind of language would a sailor use to actually curse? That's I what I'm looking at. It's oh. so long. It's like oh. 18 pages. He's like, to quote myself, and it's like a 17-page <laughs> essay. <laughs> Never mind. I feel like, I don't know what he said. What he just says say. shit really loud. He just Everyone's said like, shit, oh and Apollo's like, he's like accosted by that. Mm-hmm. He took that personally. He just Ooh, did I like think- in Spongebob when they do the dolphin noise. <laughs> I mean, it would fit Percy. This one it says, would. like, like even saying, oh, my God, would have been a sailor oh, swear. So what if he just said, oh, my God? <laughs> oh, boy, oh, like, boy. Oh, me? <laughs> <laughs> Throw the lovers overboard. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> one of them. All right, we're going to dive into yeah. this too deeply. I can feel it starting. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why don't you just throw the lovers overboard? That's what Percy says. He has like yeah. a timey voice. <laughs> and it's like such a long curse that by the time he finishes it, he's like <laughs> Nobody's listening anymore. Nobody's listening. <laughs> oh man, as long as he's not rapping, we're good. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for my chapters? Yes. Finishing the book. These are quick. All right. Chapters 38 and 39. Chapter 38. After the sneezing, healing peeps, parsing limericks, worst god award, me. Hmm. Again, the narcissist. Yeah, it's still there. 
So one of the unfortunate consequences of Apollo using his plague arrow is now that the entire camp has been infected with something like hay fever. So while Will, you know, overtired, overworked Will, <laughs> and Apollo, <Unpaid. laughs> they have to spend their entire evening treating some of the wounded, they also have to treat the ill. Percy recruits whales and hippocampi to take the fallen Colossus statue down to Poseidon's kingdom, so it's like out of sight, out of mind. The dining pavilion is completely destroyed, but the campers are confident that Annabeth will come in and redesign a new one. They're like, don't worry, she's, she's, we have her on retainer, we'll pay her, she'll make it super cool. Maybe, like, actually this entire plot was Annabeth wanted to redesign camp, so she said Colossus, she's actually (laughs) one of the trium, what are they called? Triumvirate. Yes. Yeah. I like that. I think yeah. that would be scarier than oh. the actual men, like Annabeth being involved in that. Well, you know it would be scary because like Percy would come armed and ready to fight. See, Annabeth <gasps> was one of the people and immediately just like switch sides. He'd be like, all right, yeah. whatever she says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, Apollo spends the night fitfully sleeping. He's constantly dreaming of the Dyrads who basically took in all the fire and all the destruction he saw in the last couple of days. He wakes up early and decides to walk to the Athena Parthenos and thinks of, he's constantly in this cycle of like internal monologue of how he's horrible, all the things he's done that are wrong and his past and just a lot of self-pity for himself. He also ponders Meg's last order. She said, do what you need to do. It's an order that's vague enough that Apollo realizes that it leaves room for him to go after her, which he kind of wants to do. But he's torn because he wants to stay with his children, build a home at camp where he's safe, and he's starting to build a relationship with these people. But, he but knows- Meg's like his new child, you know? Yes. He's taken her on. He can't leave her behind, so he knows he has to leave. He also has a, you know, whole ass quest of like what four more books to do, so he knows yeah. he has to go. Yeah, yeah, he's got trials. He's got many trials. Mm-hmm. He thinks about leaving before everyone else gets up, so that he can just like slip off into the night, and so that they won't insist on coming with him and doing the whole thing. But by the time he makes a decision on to leaving, everyone's already awake, so he can't go in qu- quietly into the night. Rachel and Percy find him on the hill and they chat. Percy says that he's noticed Apollo has changed a lot in the last couple of days. And maybe it's actually the fact that he's now mortal. It's allowing him to grow and mature in ways that he could not as a god. Apollo knows he must leave camp and secure the other oracles. And he wants to do it alone because he fears that anyone else that joins will be in danger. He's like, they're going to use them against me. If I go attach them, he can't bring anybody. Specifically, Rachel volunteers, but he says no because he's like, these guys will really love getting their hands on an oracle, a real mm-hmm. oracle. Mm-hmm. He also really wants to find Meg. Percy agrees that too many good people have been lost to bad influences, so he encourages Apollo not to give up on her. He kind of hints that he wishes he had had the time to do the like do this with Luke, but you know Percy was twelve, so it's a little yeah. bit harder. <laughs> He's like, I wish I could have like sat down and like talked Luke into not being evil and being influenced by Kronos. And I was like, the the nineteen year old, yeah. Well, when Luke you was were like twelve, sending giant scorpions to attack him. Like- yeah, Percy like found out two days ago he's a demigod, and Luke is like, here's my entire life story. Yeah. <laughs> 
Apollo tells, uh, basically fills them in on his prophecy and Percy fixates on the last couple lines. Three cedar fire eater. Percy says that Harley's beacon must have worked and in that moment, Festus flies down, returning Leo to camp. Great this timing. chapter was funny. The next chapter I think was really funny. Good. Um, I, love, just, I do love Leo's return. Yes. I think I think Nico and Leo's dynamic mm-hmm. is very funny. Yes. Because you don't expect it at all. For them mm-hmm. to have any kind of friendship. But, right. So chapter 39. Want to hit Leo? That is understandable. Hunk Muffin earned it. <laughs> Nico sets up a cue for demigods to get in line and punch Leo. He's like, this is what you deserve. And in fact, some of the demigods start getting back in line just to punch him again. <laughs> I love that. When they arrived, Leo and Percy had hugged, and Percy had also kind of awkwardly hugged Calypso, so there's clearly, like, they're now over it. There's nothing, it's still weird, because it's like, I'm sorry, I forgot about you. (laughs) And you, like, proclaimed your love for me, like, awkward. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a bit. But uh, it's all water under the bridge. Apollo keeps waiting for Calypso to turn him into a frog with her powers, and I was like, I can't remember what their beef is. Is there something actually mythology, or is it just... That he's just a god and Calypso doesn't like the gods. But for now, they just sit at the picnic table and chat while Leo gets punched. <laughs> Leo explains that they were stuck in the sea of monsters, but they had picked up on the beacon and it's the actually only reason they were able to return. Percy and Sherman catch Leo up on everything that's happened while Apollo studies Calypso. He notes she tries to use her powers to like get, like essentially use the force to grab a <laughs> cup of water on the other side of the table, but it doesn't work. And so this is where we find out Calypso has not been able to use her powers since she left her island. And that's something that Leo feels a little guilty for because he's like, she's the reason. I mean, he's the reason that she left her island. You know, she was trapped there, but oh well. Um, And now she is powerless and she's a sorceress. That's her whole thing. Calypso says that if Leo agrees to help Apollo, she will too. But she doesn't really like Apollo. And it's like, there's no, you know, love lost between them. Mm Mm-hmm. Percy thinks the next oracle is probably in Middle America. The triumvirate probably divided America into thirds. Nero has New York, so he's probably dominating the East Coast. So middle, the Midwest, which I was like literally in the prophecy of Indiana. <laughs> it literally says Indiana. Like. But they don't put that together. They just go, maybe. <laughs> Chiron arrives with Rachel and he gives Leo a hug. And then he like horse kicks Leo in the gut. Which I get the other kiddos like giving Leo a punch or two because like they're all mad that he died and they're also happy he's alive. But Chiron, an adult, the yep. only adult one might the argue, only. who is also half horse, which hurts <laughs> to Ow. kick Leo in the gut like this 16 year old boy. Oh my. And also uh, what beef does Chiron have with Leo? <laughs> like they, they barely interacted. I know. I was like, okay. Like, and does then, Chiron even know who Leo is, really? <laughs> like, he's like, does he even recognize him? He calls him Dragon Boy and is like, yeah, yeah. that's that one. I know that one. Where's Percy? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was like, really abrupt, but suddenly the next sentence was like, Percy leaves before nightfall. And I was like, okay, <laughs> bye. <laughs> he goes bye, go back to go finish school. He's got things he has to do. So Apollo and Leo and Calypso agreed to fly together and complete the next quest. The three of them go to a fire camp sing-along for their last mm. night, ready for the quest ahead. I love that just earlier Apollo was like, no one can come with me. And then these <laughs> two show up and he's like, uh, you guys, uh, it's fine if you guys get hurt along the way. Well, he has a conversation where he says, oh, I don't want you to come. If you're agreeing to come, 
And you're obviously part of the prophecy, so you should. Yeah. But I would prefer if you didn't. And I totally yeah. understand why you wouldn't want to. And the Calypso is like, maybe you've changed as a person. You have mm. grown. But she also doesn't really believe it. And I don't blame her. Yeah. Um, my notes is, I'm glad to see Lou and Calypso. I am nervous because I know mm. that there isn't a lot of positive reaction as them as a couple. So we'll see how they are. Something that I think sets up the the Calypso-Leo dynamic, like a difficult part of it in this fit is like how Leo feels guilty for making her leave and she lost her powers. Like they kind of have a weird, like it's a weird power dynamic now. And like a weird, like they must like feeling like indebted to each other because Leo's the one who helped her leave. But then- yeah. My predictions for the next book, or I guess the rest of the series, is I think, I thought that Meg and um, Apollo were going to be partners through this whole thing, like kind of how Annabeth and Percy were always together on every quest, but I think it's going to be like, Meg is kind of like in Shira Katra, who is like the villain, but she, like, Apollo can see that she's good and wants her to come back, and is just always trying to have a conversation, but, um... It's going to be, it's going to take until the very end. And she has to then kill Nero herself. Um, I also, I mean, my note was, I think I was worried that Leo's going to be annoying and insecure, even though he has a hot girlfriend. I thought that would fix him. Rick thought, made me believe that would fix him. <laughs> he really did. But we'll see. Okay. Uh, my last note is, I don't know what Ellipso, Ellips- uh, what <laughs> Apollo did to Calypso. Uh, yeah. I also think it's lame she lost her powers. I really right? hope she gets them back because I think it would be fun. And also very, very classic for Leo to be just like kind of a, for him to achieve full himbo status, he needs a super like morally gray, powerful girlfriend, I think. So, and I loved her witchiness. Like she was, she was so cool with the, with all her, her crafting and potions and such. Yeah. Well, there, that's the end of that book. Woo! Woo, we did it. One down, four to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think we usually do like a book recap at the end of each one that we mm-hmm. finish. So I guess like, I feel like we've talked a lot about our overall thoughts. Yes. Do you have any that you haven't shared? <laughs> no, I feel like I've been pretty vocal. <laughs> right? I feel like, yeah, I really like the first half of this book and then... Some of it just feels like, I know it's to set up the overall villains and plot. Yeah. But this book alone, I think some of that falls flat if you're just reading this one by itself. Yeah. Um, Do you have a favorite part of the book? Honestly, Will and Nico highlights of this book. They're not only just them together, but I feel like Nico's very funny which he wasn't really that funny besides just yeah. being dramatic in 12 in PJL and even um, Heroes of Olympus. Yeah. This one, he's like, he's funny in like a very quirky way and witty mm-hmm. way. And so, and him and Will together ban- bantering is very cute. So definitely a highlight of the book. I'm hoping to see a bit more of them. It's okay if I don't because I know there's there's a new series of them coming That's out. true. I'm so excited. I hope that. I don't know what it's gonna, I don't know where it's gonna go, but I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, I think my favorite, I also really like Meg, like the introduction of Meg and Apollo and their mm. dynamic and how 
they like grow to care for one another, but they like are both, they don't really say it to one another, you know? Like Meg's very hardened and Apollo is like, doesn't really know how to interact with her, but they inadvertently do things that make you know they care for one another. But then she's like, bye. So it's interesting. I like their dynamic. I do too. I also like watching Apollo grow, like watching Apollo look at his children and the love he has for them and adopting other people at camp like Max. Mm -hmm. I think that's like always um, a fun thing to read. Mm -hmm. For sure. And then do you have a least favorite part? Mama was so rough for me. I don't know if I'll ever recover properly from that. The ant rapping. And oh, then riding man. her back into camp. <laughs> it was it was pretty bad. It's I, memorable. I I'll give it that. That is true. That is I will that will stick with me. <laughs> Not in a positive way, but it stuck. No. Yeah. It did stick. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, glad we agree. <laughs> glad we agree. Mama is the Mama winner for the the, rough. the r- roughest part of this book. Alrighty. Should we do the lightning bolt questions? Yes. Wrap it up with that. Let's go. Okay, so mine's is pretty easy. Who would you rather third wheel on a quest with? Leo Calypso, Percy nope. Annabeth, hmm. Will Nico, Jason Piper, or Hazel and Frank? It's got to be Will Nico for me. Me with too. The, with Percy Annabeth as a close second, but like they might scare me a little. I feel like they'd be so intense with yeah. each other. Mm-hmm. I would feel like... With Will and Nico, I don't think I'd feel as much as a third wheel. Like, it wouldn't right? feel. But Percy Annabeth and Jason and Piper are, like, so, in, like, intertwined. I feel like yeah. I would not. I could I could not fall off Festus and they wouldn't notice. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Will, like, Will and Nico, like, I could have an individual relationship with each, too. Yeah. Um, Hazel Not and that Frank I couldn't too. with the others. Yeah, yeah, I think Hazel and Frank would be okay yeah. also. Percy and Annabeth would scare me. Um, also, I think they need some time alone. Like, <laughs> I really don't want to interrupt that. Like, it was getting rough for them. Um, Jason Piper would be tough because I'd just, like, you yeah. know, turn around and be trying to convince Piper to leave him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'd be constantly like, you can do better. <laughs> And I feel like that would create some tension. And then you'd like accidentally forget Jason somewhere. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah. I think Leo and Calypso would be like a little too all over each other is how I imagine them. Like it would be a little much. I think Leo Calypso from Heroes of Olympus would be interesting because they were bickering a lot. It'd be fun to watch. watch. Exactly. But so I'd say Will Nico, Hazel Frank, maybe Percy Annabeth. Yeah. I would take Leo Clopes over Jason Piper, though. We'll see how this goes. I don't know. I feel like about... <laughs> yeah, I think I yeah. would, too. I think I would, too. It's, like, different problems with yeah. being with the, them. Yeah. But, yeah, Will Nico seem like the most... Yeah. The best to be around. We'll see. Maybe Rick will make them really cringy in the new book. <laughs> I hope... I don't think he will. I think... No. It's a different author, anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, my other question, my question that I came up with is, how would you take down a statue of yourself? Honestly, I mean, I like a, a statue that has like my faults and flaws. I and guess, stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, are I, they physical, emotional? <laughs> I don't know. And I, I mean, 
So, like, I have a problem with vomiting, so I feel like mm. if I can get the, the thing to start vomiting, it would just collapse on itself. Yeah. 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 I don't know how was, a statue vomits, but I'm I sure there's either. a way. How does a statue sneeze? It's the same thing. Yeah. What does it vomit? <laughs> Oil? Yeah. Oil? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, but because I'm afraid of vomiting. You'd vomit in front that, of your statue? What? Oh, that would no, but I don't want to have to vomit. Someone if I could get the statue it. to vomit, I think if it threw up once, it would run away and hide. Because mm. I'm afraid of like vomiting in front of people. Um, yeah, or like get it. <laughs> I feel like if you just throw it in water, don't they short circuit? I don't. I know. mean, this one emerged from it the didn't. sea. Yeah. So it didn't. So not this specific. Yeah. Giant statue. Yeah. Yeah, I think vomiting is a bit of a Vomit that. is the answer, yeah. <laughs> How? We don't know. No, we'll no, no questions Feed asked. it some f- poisoned food or something. We will not be elaborating. No. Hmm. All right, and then we got this question on Instagram. It's kind of for the overall book and honestly could be for the series. Kind of a big question, but Eva on Instagram asked, is Apollo's punishment fair? Ooh, that's a good question. Right? I think it is but not for the reasons that Zeus implemented it Zeus implemented it because he sees mortals as like weak and he knows that putting a god in a mortal body is like really strong punishment but I think it's a good punishment because it forces Apollo to grow like the the punishment is that now he has um mortality which means that he has the ability to mature and grow and Mm -hmm. so that's not an easy task so that is difficult and i think that as a punishment is really good because it also you learn something from it not punishment just so that you can feel bad for a while and you'll never do it again it's like you pick up other things on the way so i think it's fair but not because zeus did it it's fair in a broad spectrum of um learning yeah like i think it's a good way to learn also but i think like fairness like so many of the gods should also get this punishment. Like oh, for I don't sure. think it's I don't think Apo- like the last war was only Apollo's fault. I think a lot of the gods played different roles, but Zeus just like only wanted like he couldn't punish Hera, that's his wife. So he punished Apollo. I think Zeus having to turn into like a mortal teen girl. Yeah. Would mm. be but like with someone who doesn't have any kind of privileged background would be mm-hmm. very, very interesting. Yeah. And would also allow for, I would, you would hope, see the thing with this book is I'm reading it and I'm watching Apollo grow. Mm-hmm. But in the back of my mind, I'm like the moment he becomes a god, I do not believe that he will continue right. to be. Yeah. Well, cause that's like a theme we've had in these books is like, even like the end of PJO, the gods made so many agreements and then, by Heroes of Olympus, they weren't doing half the things. It's like anymore. six months later, yeah. It yeah. Was so fast and fell apart. Yeah. Which I think will be interesting when, when Rick does write these books that supposed like the Will and Nico books supposedly, I think, take place like after this series. Mm. Is what I'm assuming. So we can see maybe what. So Apollo like I wonder. Up to. Yeah, I wonder if Apollo will be mentioned, and like I would assume so because it's Will's dad. So yeah, that's true. Like, how many times is Apollo coming down to hang out? Because yeah. he's made us such a point of, like, how he doesn't see his kids. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. But, yeah, I think it's a f- I think it's fair, but not in the way it was meant to be. And I think 
it's not fair that like the other gods don't also get pub- pu- published punished mm-hmm. <laughs> don't yeah. publish them they don't publish please <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's the end of that book, not series. We have the next one. It's called The Dark Prophecy. You would Ooh. think, see, I didn't know the title. You learned the title now. I learned the title, so now I know the prophecy continues. We keep what pro- doing what's the prophecy stuff. What's your Ooh. prediction? What's the dark prophecy? So the, the, you have to go to Ohio from Indiana, and that's pretty dark. So It was the Indiana banana part. That was the, dark <laughs> that was the darkest part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we are taking a week off, so we're going to have a little gap like we usually do between books, and we're going to start the dark prophecy. It will be exciting. Um, yeah, and if you have any questions also, I'll probably put an Instagram thing out, but specific to the dark prophecy that you want us to answer, please send those our way. But in the meantime, you can find us on Patreon. Link is in the episode description, and there's also a link to send us an audio message. If you aren't already, follow us on social media at Camp Half Pod or email us camphalfpod at gmail.com. Yes, and don't forget to rate and review wherever you are listening to us. Bye-bye.